and and he'll uh, he'll save you. Uh, turn with me to the, the uh, Psalms, the ninth chapter. It's a nice Psalm, if you would. Uh, let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Uh, I want you to notice something in here. Uh, it, it, it has to do with the title of this message for this afternoon. Uh, notice how many times it says, Thou hast, H-A-S-T. So you, you understand my title a little better when you notice that, when it, how many times in here it says, Thou hast. It says, he says in the first part of the ninth chapter, the first verse says, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will be glad and rejoice in thee. I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When mine enemies are turned back, thou shall, uh, they shall fail. I'm sorry, they should fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou saddest in the throne uh, judgment. Thou, I'm sorry, thou saddest in the throne judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast, here's your hast, thou hast, thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put their name forever and ever. O O thou enemy, destruction are come to a perpetual end. And thou hast destroyed cities. their, Their memorial is perished with thee. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment, and it shall judge, and he shall judge the world in righteousness, and shall minister judgment to the people in in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the uh, uh, oppressed, a a refuge in times of trouble, and they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you this this evening for uh, your word. We thank you for our morning service. We thank you for uh, Aniston for it, Lord, as she came and uh, trusted the Lord as her Savior, and now she's been baptized, and and Lord, what a great blessing it is to see uh, those things take place, especially children, Lord. Uh, uh, ch- children need to know early about the Lord. They, they need to know less about the things of the world and more about the Lord and what the Lord is going to do. Thank you, Lord, for everything. And thank you, Lord, for taking care of us. Thank you, Lord, for these services. Thank you, Lord, for those you've sent out today. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Title of my message is, I will, for thou hast. Now, if you'll notice the first part of this psalm, the first four verses, he talks about what he, what he will do. Then, then, then the last verses I read to you, he talks about the reason this is what I'll do. And, and, and he says, for thou hast. So, when I say I will, for thou hast, you know, uh, you know, if, if Lord doesn't work in your life, you're not going to do anything. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, if the Lord doesn't work in your life, you're not going to do anything. You're just going to, you're going to dread every second. 
you got. You're going to dread trying to follow after things that you don't have any fun, no quote-unquote fun in, and no joy. It's just it's just going to be a task. But if 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 we if we if we know that the Lord has done this, then we're going to know that just like David did here in this psalm, David says, "I'll praise Him." He says, "I will praise Thee. I will sing praises unto Thy name. I, I will I will serve Thee." And I'm just just paraphrasing now. I I will be glad and rejoice in Thee. I will, I will do all these things. Why? Because thou hast. Thou hast. And it's wonderful. It, it is a wonderful thing when our I wills are connected to God's thou hast. You know, your wills, what you're going to do has to be connected to God. You, you can't boast about what you're going to do and, and not have God connected to it. Why? Because you won't do it. You, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but then they don't ever do it. I'm going to be in church more, but then they're not, never in church more. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to help out more. They never help out more. And the reason being is because thou hast. Thou hasn't. You know, thou, thou hasn't. They, they can't see what God has done. And, and, you know, if we see what God has done, we'll be like David here. We'll praise the Lord in everything and everywhere we go. You know, it's a wonderful thing, as I said, when our wills are connected to God's thou hast. It is a fact that none will do anything without God first doing his work. There's nothing you will do for the Lord with, unless the Lord first works with you. I, I mean, it's... We love him because he first loved us. You're not going to love the Lord unless he first loves you. And that's that's the key to it there. One will not love the Lord until he sees that the Lord loved him. That's what John says. I just quoted. We love him because he first loved us. First John 4 and verse 19. One will not witness to another until... Until he or she knows for sure God has saved them, uh, him or her. I mean, you just won't, you know. You're not going to go tell anybody anything. That's, that's like, uh, 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 Ella. You know, Ella said, I tell them. She said, Brother Paul, I tell them down there at school. She, she went and told, and, and I'll, I'll be, and I said before, I'd be willing to trust anything that Aniston has told people too. You know, went and told people what happened to her. And, um, how many people do we tell what happened to us? I know some people tell me I talk too much about when I was saved, but, uh, I bet you every one of you in here can tell you when old brother Paul was saved. You know, and uh, because old brother Paul is thankful that the Lord has saved him, thankful that the Lord has has uh, got a hold of him back in 1967. I tell you, I never, I never thought anything like that. No, nothing I could ever enter my mind. Nothing I could ever enter my mind until the Lord did His work, whatever it was He did, to turn me around and get and have me come and trust Him. As my Savior, and then 
call me to preach. You know, I would never be preaching unless he has to call me. I wouldn't be preaching. I didn't want to preach. That's the last thing in this world I wanted to do. I made fun of preachers. I didn't want to preach, but the Lord has called me to preach, and that's what I do. You know, I know people don't understand that. There's a divine purpose in everything we do for God. A divine purpose in everything that we do for God. The psalmist states, I will praise thee, O Lord, verse 1. Praise only comes when there is a full and satisfied heart. That's, that's the only time praise comes. People will sit and null. They'll, they'll sit void. They'll sit quiet. They won't, they won't make a sound and everything. And they never, they never rejoice in what God has done for them. But when, when God, when God saves them, they're going, they're going to, they're going to rejoice in that. They're going to rejoice and, and, and like David said, I will praise thee, O Lord. As praise only comes when there's a full and satisfied heart. Salvation which comes through Jesus Christ is such that is, that it demands praise. It demands praise. It demands us to praise. It, I, I tell you folks, <laughs> there's nothing in this world that can happen to you any better. You know, some people said, well, I, I, oh, it was a great day when, when I was, when, when, uh, when I was married. Well, <laughs> That may be okay. You know, just like Kara said this morning, when her and Sam got married, they had pet pretzels and, and, and that. Well, me and Rhonda had a cake and ice cream. And, uh, and, uh, but you know, we, we never had much more than that. But the thing about it is, is, you know, a joyful heart, a joyful heart with one that can't be still, can't be quiet. We will, we will witness for the Lord because he has saved us. He has saved us. The Bible teaches by him, therefore let us offer the sacrifices of praise to God continually that that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Hebrews thirteen fifteen, Giving thanks to his name. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, that offering continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Have you ever realized that just giving thanks to his name is a fruit? That's, that's, that's a fruit that we bear. Do you ever think that thanking him for, for what he's done for us, that's a fruit? You know, we, we talk about sometimes producing fruit. Well, we, we were, Producing fruit is not always uh, seeing people saved. Producing fruit can be when you thank the Lord and you 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 really thank the Lord for what He's done for you. You're really thankful for it. There is a divine purpose. Well, we don't said that in, in everything God does. Why do we want to be quiet about the marvelous work of grace? Why do we? Why why do we want to be quiet about those things? Our lips speak great and wonderful things to others of which God has, uh, for others, uh, of which what God has done for us. What's wrong with going out there and telling people what God's done for you? You, 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 you people are going to accuse you of bragging. They're going to accuse you of bragging. They accuse me of bragging. I've been accused of bragging. When I first met some of you folks, I was accused of bragging. You know, some man told me, he said, all you do is get on a pulpit and brag about what's happened to you. He called it bragging. 
No, it's testifying. That's, that's witnessing what God has done for us. It's not bragging about, I, I, don't, I don't boast of anything because if God had done what he should have done, he should have sent me to hell. But uh, I, I'm, I, I'm thankful God saved me. And, you know, it's, it's not bragging. That's not boasting. There's only one time in the Bible any, any man talked about boasting. And that was Apostle Paul in the 11th chapter of the book of, 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 of uh, I believe it's 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians maybe. The 11th chapter. That's when Paul said, let me boast a little bit. But what was he doing? He was, he was counteracting. Those Jews that were sitting up there and saying, well, we're real Jews and you're not one. Yeah, we, we're, we're, we're the real thing and you're not. That's what they were telling Paul. All because Paul fellowship with the Gentiles. All because Paul preached to the Gentiles. All because Paul told the Gentiles about the Lord and what the Lord had done for him. And they, they plainly said, they said, uh, uh, they said, uh, Paul said, just let me boast a little bit. He said, yeah, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew of all Jews. He said, "He said I, I have paid the price of being a Jew. I have done the works that Jews do. And he goes all the way through that chapter telling about all the things that, that he has done. He said, just let, let me boast a little bit about what God, what, what I've done. And Paul called that boasting. But... Uh, it's not, it's not, it's not boasting when you, when you tell people what the Lord has done for you. And, and tell them often, many times, often, many times. Tell them what, what the Lord has done for you. There's a divine purpose. Well, we, we said that. There's a divine purpose in everything we do for God. The psalmist says, I will be glad and rejoice in thee. Verse two. This gladness is much deeper than the mere increase in wages or a new car and many, many new house and many of those things. Say that again. This gladness is much deeper than a mere increase in wages or a new car. You know, I've often said this, a new car, once you drive it off a lot, it's not new anymore. It's used. And, uh, and, but people will, will boast about those things. Uh, the gladness, I tell you, there's no no greater gladness than being thankful the Lord saved you. The Bible says, Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that that their corn and their wine increased. Psalms 4 and verse 7. He said, The Lord put a great gladness in my heart. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to have a, a good crop. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to have uh, uh, have good crop. Uh, uh, Good things happen to you, but he said there's nothing any greater. He said there's no there's no gladness any greater than what the Lord puts in your heart. Lord puts it in your heart. He puts it there. I I, I will testify because Thou hast put it in my heart to do so. I will preach because Thou hast put it in my heart to preach. I will sing because the Lord's put it in my heart to sing. I, I will. I will prophesy because the Lord put it in my heart to prophesy. That's what all all the Old Testament prophets said. You know, they said they do it because the Lord has put it in their heart to do it. That's Isaiah said it. Jeremiah said it. 
All the, all the minor prophets said it. They said they're doing what God has put in their heart to do. And, and even, even, uh, Jeremiah said one time, he said, I was going to quit. I wasn't going to do anymore. But he said, the Lord put it down inside of me, he put a burning down in my bones. And he says, I have to say something. What's wrong with us today? What's wrong with, what's wrong with the dead and, and, and dying society today of, of Christians? Because they're quiet. They're quiet about everything. They're quiet about, they're quiet about what the Lord has done for them. What's wrong with us today? You know, we've, uh, uh, you know, it, it, today it's, it's a terrible thing, terrible thing to just come out and witness to people. People are not going to like you. They're not. They're not going to like you. It's a terrible thing to do, but when the Lord puts it in your heart, you have to tell them. It's like this morning. I, I didn't, I never preached a message I had here before me this morning. Never even preached near it. The Lord laid it on my heart to witness to these folks that were here this morning. And I did. I don't know what they think about me today, uh, tonight, this afternoon. I don't, I don't know what they think, but I'm telling you, you know, uh, you know, you got people that are told that baptism saves them. You've got people that are told that, that, uh, uh, just walking down a church aisle save them. You've got people who are told just joining a church with some religious organization will save them. That's not true. That's not true. And I, and I felt led to wars to, to witness to, uh, to those folks. And, and I guess if time comes, I'll, I'll do it again. There's a divine purpose in everything we do for God. The psalmist says, Thou hast maintained my cause. Verse 4. Thou hast maintained my cause. Thou hast maintained my testimony. Thou hast maintained my love. Thou hast maintained my peace. Thou hast maintained, you know, uh, what, what, what would you do if you woke up sometime and I've heard people talk about anxiety. You know, I've heard people talk about, well, they wake up in the middle of the night and, and they're just feel like they're all alone, feel like there's nothing, you know, just lonely. Well, you know, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm saying, you know, that as long as the Lord maintains our testimony, as long as the Lord maintains our lips and our mouths, then then we should speak for Him. You know, He's maintained it. That's what the psalmist says, Thou hast maintained my cause. Verse 4 of our text, Thou hast maintained my cause. God is faithful to His children, for it is His he is to maintain the cause of our afflictions and our, 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 our poorness in spirit. He, he, God maintains those things. You know, he says in the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit for they, they shall see God. You know, he maintains our poorness in spirit. You know, he, he main, he keeps us, he maintains our humility. He maintains everything that we do. It's God that does. It's not you. You're not doing it. You know, I've seen people can turn on humility in a second. I saw I saw our President Clinton do that very thing when they were bringing bodies back from the war, you know, and, and he was there laughing and cutting up somebody, and all of a sudden a casket passed me. He turned around, started rubbing his eyes. I saw that. I saw that. I mean, he he went he went to 
welcome the day at home. And But he was cutting up and going on with somebody there. And all of a sudden, the casket went by. He started rubbing his eyes like he'd been crying. I mean, people can put it on. Church people can put it on. They can put it on any time they want to. They can put on humility. But we're, we're talking about the humility that God maintains every day. God makes us humble and He keeps us humble. God makes us witness and He keeps us witnessing. God makes us preach and He keeps us preaching. God makes us the things we do. God makes us do them and He keeps us doing them. You know, if you, if you witness today, you're going to do the same thing tomorrow. The next day, the next day. I'm not saying you're going to go around all the time, but I'm saying you're going to do the same thing because God, you're going to do the same thing next Sunday. You know, if God maintains, God maintains everything we do. He maintains our cause. What is, what is our cause? Well, we talk about the cause of Christ. That is our cause. The cause of God. That is our cause. The cause of the Holy Spirit. That is our cause. God maintains, He maintains that every day in us. That's what the psalmist is referring to here. God is faithful to his children, for it is his main, for it is his to maintain the cause of our afflictions and, and our poorness in spirit. The Bible teaches, I know the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. Psalms 140 and verse 12. He, it's what the psalmist says, I know the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted. And the right of the poor. He maintains it. That means God keeps it. God keeps them just exactly how He wants them. You know, when we, when we start getting out of line, we've got too much of something of the world. God will maintain our humility when it comes to the world. It's like old, uh, um, um, I can't remember his name now, but anyway, he said, uh, he was on his dying bed, and somebody went over to him at Martin Luther, so it was. Somebody went over to him and said, Martin said, you know the world hated you. He opened his eyes, and with a dead uh, voice, he said, well, I hated the world. You know, God maintains those things in us. We say we hate sin. God maintains that hatred for sin in us every day. You know, we, we can't say we hate sin on Sunday and then go out and sin like a sailor on Monday. God maintains that every day for us. If you have a hatred for sin, you'll have a hatred for sin tomorrow, next day, next day, next day. You won't all of a sudden just cut off and like sin. I've, I've heard people talk about having so much fun. I, I see it on Facebook, having so much fun doing something they shouldn't be doing. You shouldn't have fun doing something you shouldn't be doing. God main, God maintains our, He maintains our humility and, and such every day. That's, that's what the psalmist is referring to here. Our cause for the afflicted and the poor is because God's cause is for the same. That's our cause. That's God's cause. God, God, God is, God is with the afflicted and He's with the poor every day. And, and, you know, and he, and you say, well, what, what did Jesus say? You'll say, well, it's, nobody should be poor. You know, these Democrats that are running 
I better be careful. The Democrats are running. They're saying, well, not, we're going we're gonna to take care of all the poor people. And, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to make them rich. We're going to take away from the rich to give to the poor, like Robin Hood. God never condoned what Robin Hood did. God, God never condoned what anybody done. Jesus said we will always have the poor with us. I remember my dad, when, bless his heart, when, when somebody read that to him, he said, well, that's why I've been poor all my life. I didn't realize that that's the way God wanted me. The way God wanted me. And my dad never wanted for anything else after that. He, ne- he never wanted for anything else after that. He said, God wanted me to be poor. And he says, that's exactly the way I am. And let me tell you, he, 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 Jesus said, we'll always have the poor with us. And so that's why that we have to, we have to, uh, rejoice and, uh, and, and, and have the cause of the afflicted and the poor before us every day. There is a divine purpose in everything we do for God. The psalmist says, thou hast rebuked the heathen. Ooh, that's one. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Listen, folks. All the pride and possessions of the ungodly, the Bible says they shall flow away in the day of wrath. Oh, it's, it's good. We can sit up here and, and talk about these people that are billionaires and, and all this, and we can wish that we had some of it and all that and all that. But the Jesus said, I mean, the Bible says in a, in a book of Job, Job 20 and verse 28, this was Job, he said, he said, uh, all, all the pride and possessions of the ungodly shall flow away in the day of wrath. What's it going to be worth to you? you? You don't, you don't hear a man on his deathbed talking about how much land he owns or how much money he's got in the bank. You, you don't, you don't hear him talking about all those things. He knows his time is coming and those things don't amount to a hill of beans when that time comes. All those things that we possess and have, men possess and have, don't amount to a hill of beans when their time comes to leave this earth. Don't amount to anything. Heathenism, thoughts and practices are rebuked in the presence of the Lord. There is a divine purpose in everything we do for God. <clears throat> the uh, psalmist says, The Lord has not forsaken them that seek Him. You know, you seek after God. Do you really seek after God? Do you really seek after God like these some of these little young ones are? Do you really seek after God? You know, Jesus said, except you come as a little child. You know, that's reading these, these children come and don't bother me. You know, there's some people say, well, they're too young. No, they're not. Jesus said, except you come as a little child. You grown-ups, except you come as a little child, he says, he says, you're, you're not going to get anywhere with me. Except you come as a little child. You have to come trust the Lord just like a little child trusts their mom and daddy. You know, trust their mom and daddy. My, my mom and dad never had a thing, but I'm going to tell you one thing. When I was a little boy growing up, I thought my daddy and my mom was something else. It was only after I got to be a teenager and people began to sh- show me things of the world that I began to think, well, my my mom and dad, not much. 
you know, when I when I was a little boy growing up, I thought my mom and dad when my I, when, when my dad head to the field to work, I was with him. I was with him. I, I was with him ever everywhere he went. He 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 give me a hoe. I, I I've I've used hoes to hoe corn, chop out. They call it chopping out tobacco and corn. I, I've I've held on to them when my hand would hardly go around them. All because I wanted to be with my dad. Want to be with my dad out there. Well, let me tell you, folks, it's a wonderful thing uh, when we seek the Lord and how the Lord is going to change our change our hearts and change our minds and change our thoughts. Every soul is dealt with with mercy. The Bible teaches, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search me with all thine heart. Are you really longing for the Lord? Are you really longing down in your heart for the Lord? I think maybe you may be. Really longing down in the, down in your heart for the Lord? Well, he says, if you diligently seek me, you'll find me. You know, you may, you may come to Landmark Baptist Church 20 more times. It may be that 20th time that, that you come that Lord's going to show you what you need to do. I've seen it too many times. I've seen it over the years. I've seen it over the years. I've seen things happen, and 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 it, they happen because that there are people who really sit in pews seeking after the Lord. They're seeking after what other people have as far as Christians are concerned. Do people want what you've got? I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about wealth. I'm not talking about any of those. I'm not talking about possessions. I'm talking about does the Lord have, does other people want what you've got? Does, does other people want to be like you when it comes to a Christian child of God? Well, I've heard people say, oh, I don't want to be like them. I don't want to be like them. If it's like that, I don't want to be like them. Do people want to be like you? God maintains that cause in people's heart. When Jeremiah said, the great deliverer of the past is the same deliverer now and for the future. The, the deliverer of the past is the same one now. The one that saved Jeremiah is the same God will save you. That's that, what I just read to you a while ago came out of Jeremiah. The Lord saved Jeremiah. The same, can you imagine? The same God that saved Adam and Eve saves us. The, the, the same God that the same God that was with Job through all of his trials and everything is the same God that's with us. How can God get it? How can God bear this? Well, God God's too ancient to be in this future. God's too ancient to be in this future. God doesn't change. He doesn't change. He's the same as every day. He doesn't change. He's not too ancient to be in this future. You know, yes, God is ancient. But he's not too ancient to be in this future. Because he is. He's in this future right here. Can we imagine? Can we even imagine that? That some of the things that when you talk about the characteristics of God, can you imagine in this generation in which we live? You got people killing people every day. Yeah, uh, they, they have uh, killings. I think they said... Every weekend in Chicago, Illinois, they'll have they'll have eight or ten people be shot and killed. 
every weekend. Why? How can God survive in a in 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 a in a environment like that? Well, God's the same God now as He was in Adam and Eve's day. He's the same God. He saved Isaac. I mean uh, Isaiah. He saved Jeremiah. He saved all those prophets. Elijah, Elisha, we've been, we preached about them. He saved all of those. But he's the same God that'll save us today. That does save us today. Same God. You know, do we have a connection to them? We sure do. God is a connection. Do you have a connection to other Christians? Yeah, God is the connection. He, he is the connection you have. There's a divine purpose in everything we do for God. The psalmist says the Lord shall be a refuge for the oppressed. Verse 9, the Lord shall be a refuge for the oppressed. I tell you, are you oppressed today? Run to God. Run, flee to Jesus because he's the only hope. Are, are, you, are you not happy today in your soul? Flee to Jesus. Flee to him. Flee to him. He'll save you. He said, if you search me and keep searching me, he said, you'll find me. And I pray that you, you'll find him today. Are you oppressed with sin and outward trouble? God is our refuge and strength and every present help in a time of trouble. He, he, he's our, he, he's our, he's our help. He's the one we need to go to. Look to him today to lead you in the way. Look to him today. We're going to sing a song, and we're going to close, and we're going to have our business meeting and our circle of prayer. Uh, Brother Ridge, if you come, and y'all come and lead us in a song.